Yo, this is the ancient Texan. I'm a little fuzzy on the topic, but it has something to do with self-identity in general. And more specifically, it has to do with self-identity toward the end of life, retirement, uh, your job. It's obviously oriented around a white male, which would be me. I've always had a very strong sense of who I was and never really much thought about it. I had some things in there, like I come from the working class poor. And there's a new book on the caste system in America and the different levels. I knew about this. I read a master's thesis in about 1970 about the caste system, except they call it the class system and the different levels. And I saw which one I was in and I kind of carried that chip with me on my shoulder my whole life. But I also had a very strong identity that I was an engineer. I understood things quickly. I understood how all the pieces put together could call it a system engineer, process engineer, but it's seeing something uh, and how it interacts with everything else and how that uh, affects how box A is tied to boxes C, D, and E, and how box A performs depends on how the other boxes connected. And I learned this in my you know, chemical plants, uh, but I applied it to everything and I identified myself uh, as someone that understood things quicker than other people, uh, especially when it had multiple steps in it. And I think that was actually pretty accurate. But I also had the self-identity that I was a poor white kid and had a chip against upper management, kind of like the, you know, unions against management type thing. You know, it affects your ability to negotiate a contract because you got a chip on your shoulder. And I was always considered where I worked as being the guy that understood stuff. And even as big a company as Floor Daniel, they didn't have someone experienced in it. They knew I could figure it out. So I, I think that self-identity of myself was pretty realistic and it was supported by the people that worked around me. And it's called the doc most of my life. But now at 73, I still have a full-time job and I'm still the technical expert on a, a difficult project to bring a magnesium plant back into existence. But it's, the pandemic has really stretched it out. I was thinking I had a two or three year commitment to get the pilot plant up and running. And now I'm one year, eight months, let's just call it two years into it. And I'm still probably two or three years away because funding has slowed down. Uh, the ability to get stuff done, going to Canada right now to work with people. You know, I'm so zoomed out. Yeah, it's killing me. 
And in 2017, I didn't have any work when I was at the right, at the young age of, I don't know what that is, that's four years ago. Ripe young age of 69, so I wrote a novel. And I have two more novels in that series and five more novels I want to write. But I've got one foot in the magnesium game. And it's important because I will pay off all my debts this year if I stick it out one more year. So I will do that. But we're also, you know, the pilot plant now is being built in a bunch of different shops and pieces of equipment and stuff. And so there's kind of a lull in the action there. And yet I feel like I should spend my time doing that. And I found it hard to immerse myself in a novel on a part-time basis. And it, that's not really going well. And I've expanded out. I got five novels going right now and that's really very counterproductive. Yeah, I know that. But there's a bigger thing looming is after the magnesium plant, what's my identity? And I like most um, men have my identity tied up with my work. And a lot of people don't live very long after that identity severed. I kind of figured in my <clears throat> personal life, I would be having grandkids about now and I, <clears throat> you know, get my second shot, shot at being a, you know, part-time parent like I was the first time, maybe do a little, a little better job. But that's not gonna happen. I think I could go see myself as an author, but looming behind the magnesium and being an author, my memory now is, is still pretty damn good and it's probably better than the average population, but I can see chinks in the armor. I have a lot of trouble coming up with names of people and sometimes names of things. For someone that makes his living on how sharp his mind is, uh, that's kind of chipping at my self-identity. It's the bigger question of, you know, how when you your job's over, um, who are you? It's, it's a problem that most old people. Uh, must face. Now, I think I can get back into writing the novels. In fact, I'm almost certain I can. Doing podcasts like I'm doing this. Uh, but a big chunk of me is engineer. And I feel that I can see the end to being an engineer. I probably people that employ me can see to me be an engineer, which is even more relevant. Uh, that's going to take a big chunk of me. Uh, and it's, I'm going to have to stand on my past merits, which were good, not outstanding. 
And I see our country starting to realize that the minerals industry and the European Union just put out a study that six they have identified uh, 35 minerals that uh, that they need to produce metals and other chemicals from to keep their way of life going and 65% of those are controlled by China and then the other 25% are controlled by other countries and with with uh, countries that have projects and agreements with China to sell all their stuff to China so China's been working this for 50 years so my field was pretty much not valued by our country still not but we're starting to recognize that without a strong minerals and metals, uh, we're dependent solely on China. Which means like people like me are gonna be really valuable about the time I turn senile. So this identity is more than what happens in the future. It's, you know, my identity uh, being in a field that was not cool to be in by America, still not. So it's my past identity working with something that's not valued and going forward, it's with age pushing me out of the business. So how does, how do old people deal with this? How without a project do you get up and stay motivated all the time? That is the question. So for me, the question kind of comes down to how do I transition to being an author full-time moving my identity from being an engineer to an unknown author going from a place where at least my skills are valued and, and paid for well to being at the beginning of a new career at 73 maybe i'll be 74 then without any recognition and without, you know, maybe 20 people have read, have read my first book. See, there's a pause, old age pause. How does one make that emotional adjustment? And I hate to think that way, but how does one even, uh, who has similar experiences and how do you, you know, dive into those kind of questions. You certainly don't see any movies about people facing retirement and stumbling through it, uh, but it's a big transition. Another transition, which is kind of a periphery on this, is the way women relate to you when you get old. Uh, they teach teach you like act 
like your grandpa or something. And it's a very, you know, at a distance relationship that's hard you know the normal flirting in life was always part of my life <laughs> much to the chagrin of uh, my partners although my partner now is very cool with it all maybe she knows <laughs> that the women are not lining up anymore there's no one there to flirt back hmm which is, you know, another whole symptom of the self-identity and who you are. It's, you recognize in yourself that what you're doing is changing. But the bigger thing about self-identity is that you recognize that the way people see you is changing. And they don't see the you that you've been and they have no connection with that part of your life and their and and your identity that you carry you know you, I still carry residual engineer inside of me um, and I still remember the respect and the pride I took in being able to figure stuff out and do calculations and stuff that other people can't do. And I, I still actually, that part of me is still working pretty well. It's a little bit slower, um, harder to stay focused, but I still do the heavy lifting on calculations on the group I'm with. But it's how people see you in everyday life the person you run into at the grocery store and I was getting a cavity worked on which I got to go back and get a crown on maybe a tooth canal that sounds like fun but that I mentioned something about my work or something and the dentist says you still work it was like this you know you're a retired old man and I think she was kind of doing me the professional courtesy of flirting with an old man, <laughs> which artificial flirting, it's, I don't know if they realize how easy it is to identify, but it's, it's better than no flirting. Uh, and she explained stuff to me when she showed the cavity about the crack and how problem I'm having with my gum comes from this uh, crack in my tooth which is letting food or stuff get there and that's the gum problem and we don't need to attack the gum problem and she said sometimes something causes it and sometimes something together she was basically you know tell me the difference between correlation and cause and effect and the, the way she was talking to me is like I was a senile old man but, and that's a you know that's a change in identity it's not cool from my perspective because I'm still pretty damn smart and you know I've done research my whole life so that's <laughs> she's speaking to someone that's 
I'm sure much more advanced than she is in cause and effect. You know, her world is my tooth, you know, which is okay. I wanted to tell her I've done failure analysis and she was showing me some things that look like cracks and I'm thinking, nah, those might be cracks or they just might be anomalies and you know, you x-ray anything and it's gonna have little gray areas and stuff. It's, it's just not, it just wasn't clear to me. And maybe I don't have the, haven't looked as many teeth in her, but I've looked at a lot of under a microscope and looked at cracks, I'm sure as much as she has. But anyway, that I'm a little beside the point. That's see, that's I'm defending my uh, identity, which is what we're talking about here. So I guess it is relevant. But this, as I go through life, people are seeing me different and they are redefining my identity. And that all has a psychological effect. And it's a psychological effect that must be happening to millions of people um, that are hitting retirement. And most of them, you know, are 10 years younger than I am. And probably less prepared than I am because I've had a, I've been doing consulting, which is a, kind of off and on thing and busy, not busy. Will I ever get a job again? So I've kind of been at the edge of this for 20 years. So I have some prep, but I don't find this change in identity very comfortable. I don't like it. And yet I, I, want to shed the engineer identity and take up budding author identity. But it, can I get people to, to buy into I'm a budding author? Well, that's an uphill climb. And I guess I just have to get used to this change in identity. Um, suck it up and commit myself to a new identity and working on proving that I can be a good writer. Got one book down. Is it perfect? No, but I think it was a good first attempt. Will the next book be better? Yes. Well, assuming I don't go senile in the interim, but there's always uncertainties. That's just life. So I don't know if this sheds any light on this and you know, I don't think I have that many, well, who knows? I don't have that many people listen to my podcast anyway, but um, I suspect there's a lot of older people that will identify with this. A lot of people that are changing careers or moms that are going back into the workplace or people that's lost their job during the pandemic. Uh, that are struggling with the same thing, this loss of identity and who they are, what they're worth, uh, what their new life looks like when people see you different. Anyway, this is the ancient Texan. Open your uh, 
if you're suffering an identity problem, you at least know there's one other person out there suffering it too. Hope you have a good day and may you find yourself. This is the ancient Texan. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred and our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.